Glory. Y'all you know, are probably wondering what all these bags are doing up here. <laughs> You're going to find out. I preached a message similar to this a while back when we were at the Ramada, but it's a totally different message. As we're in a totally different season and I'm a different pastor than I was back then, so it's totally different. But I want to tell you all I'm really excited. I'm excited to be part of this ministry, not just because I'm a pastor here, but it's just a great time to be part of this church, what God is doing in this place. Like Pastor Carl said, we've had some some rough times in this ministry. Long before most people that are here were here. We've had some struggles. We had some highs, some lows. I don't even want to talk about the Ramada. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm telling y'all, every Sunday we had to load up a trailer, bring it to this place, unload it in the heat. Now we're, we're dressed nice in the cold, in the heat. Dripping sweat, trying people wondering why I'm showing up to church sweaty. I'm like, no, I just unloaded a trailer. We've had some times, but right now I'm telling y'all, we are blessed. I am, every one of y'all, I'm telling y'all, when I think about y'all, when I see y'all face, I just thank God for y'all. Y'all, every one of y'all is such a blessing to me, to Pastor Carl, to this ministry. I feel like we're blessed overall with our leaders. We're blessed with where we are. We're blessed with where we're going. You know, we've had some great series so far with our Victory in the Valley series and now our Free Indeed series that we're in right now. We've had some great sermons from Cleaning Your Battlefield to Free from the Empty Way of Life, which Pastor Carl preached, to Victory Over Your Past, to Freedom from the Mind. We've had some good sermons, and I just feel like with our Free Indeed series and all of these sermons about getting victory and about being free, and with the Freedom Encounter coming up, it's like, it's like God is really pressing the issue. God is really pressing the issue about freedom. Like, he really wants us to be free. And not just free, but free indeed. But why? Why does God want us free? Because there's things that he's getting ready to do. In your life individually, and in us as a church, there's things he's getting ready to do. And it's going to require us to be free. We are not going to be able to have any shackles or bondage or addictions or anything in our life to do what God has called us to do in this next season we're getting ready to enter in. After this freedom encounter, we believe that this ministry is prepared for takeoff. If, if you come to that freedom encounter, I'm telling you right now, you are going to be as free as you want to be. With God, you're as close to God as you want to be. For he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Every step you take towards God, he takes a step to you. You're as close to God as you want to be, and you're as free in God as you want to be. There is no baggage, no chain, no addiction in your life that God can't get you free of. If it's still in your life, it's because you're holding on to it. So we're believing after this freedom encounter, if people are really seeking freedom and they get free, this ministry, us as a church, we're prepared for takeoff. We are going flying but before you can fly <laughs> before you can fly you need to check the airlines bag policy 
Before you fly, you got to call up, you got to go on a computer, you got to see. Like, what's the bag policy? How many bags can I bring? What's the weight limit? What's the size limit? How many carry-on can I bring? Do bags fly free? These are things you need to find out. Before you go flying, before we take off in this ministry, there's something you need to find out. And that is, what is God's bag policy? What is God's bag policy for you and your life? How many bags can you bring with God? What's the weight limit? Can I bring some carry-on? And do bags fly free? Let's see what God's bag policy is. Matthew 10, 7 through 10. It says, as you go, he's talking to the disciples, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey. Or an extra tunic or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. As Jesus is sending out the 12 to do the work of the ministry, as he's sending us out, we have been commissioned, whether you know it or not, to go and make disciples, to baptize people. Every one of us has been given a commission. Every one of us is on this journey with God. And the bag policy is no bags. No bags for the journey. You can take nothing with you. Nothing weighing you down, nothing slowing you down, nothing holding you back because God wants you to run this race. Not walk it, not crawl it. Take off every weight, the Bible says, and the sin that so easily entangles you. There are things in your life, bags in your life that are weighing you down and keeping you from fulfilling the great commission that God has for you, from fulfilling the purpose of God on your life. You see, all these bags up here, this is what a lot of our lives look like. A lot of our lives are just full of bags that we picked up along the way. Bags full of shame and guilt and regret and mistakes and failures and doubts and sins. We have so many bags that we picked up along this journey. Many of us picked up bags this morning, don't even realize it. Somewhere between your first step out of bed and where you are right now, you picked up some bags. And you didn't even realize you, you went to the baggage claim because the baggage claim is not one in the airport. It's right here in your mind. And the bag that you pick up is not made of leather, but it's made of burdens. See, this morning you picked up a suitcase of guilt and shame. A sack of, of discontentment. A duffel bag of weariness a bag of grief and sorrow, a backpack full of doubt, an overnight bag of loneliness and a trunk full of fear, and you wonder why you are weighed down and you are tired because you have been carrying bags for so long, but God says, bags don't fly with me. Bags don't fly with God. You know, what a relief. What a relief it is when you're carrying all these bags, right? And you're going on a flight, and there's a long airport. I'm not talking about one, one out here. I'm talking about like airports that have trains in it. That's how long it takes to get from one terminal to the next, right? And you load it down. You're carrying all these bags because you're planning on going on a journey. And what a relief it is when you walk in and you've got all these bags on you and you look up 
and there's the bag counter. It's the place where you can go and you can bring your bags and unload them. And there's a person that's willing to take them off your hands. How great it is. What a relief it is that you can now walk through this airport. You can walk through this journey without all those bags on you. That now you're free. The place where we unload our bags is this Saturday at the Freedom Encounter. And the person we're handing our bags to is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who is going to take your burdens off you because you have been carrying burdens that you were not meant to bear. The Lord tells us in Matthew 11, let me see. I'm getting ahead of myself. Matthew 11:28. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. You're carrying burdens, you're carrying bags, you're loaded down with guilt, you're loaded down with shame, you're loaded down with regrets and mistakes and doubt. He says, come to me. Let me take those bags off your hands for you. Let me give you rest because these things are robbing you. God wants you to be free. And if we let him, he'll lighten our load. Today's message I've entitled, Free from Baggage. This is the last message in our Free Indeed series, and it's Free from Baggage. Now, how many have heard of the singer Aaliyah? When I was younger, she was really popular. Well, I remember hearing on the news that she had died in a plane crash. And when they did the investigation, this is what, what it says. The investigation determined that the aircraft was over its maximum weight by 700 pounds and had one more passenger than it was certified to carry. The pilot warned them that they had too much weight for the flight, but they insisted. They flew in with all this stuff. But the pilot warned them this was a different plane, and it couldn't carry all the stuff plus the extra person. You see, Aaliyah flew into the Bahamas. She flew in on one plane, carrying a whole bunch of baggage. And she thought to herself, I came in with this baggage. I can leave with it. And so many people think the same thing. They think, man, I've been carrying this baggage. I'm fine with it. But God says, no, you're in a different season now. See, it's a different plane you're getting ready to get on. You can't carry those things that you came in with. And that's why so many Christians fall away, because they come into God. They come into church. They come in with all their baggage, and they think that they can hold on to it and leave it. And they wonder why their Christianity goes crashing down. See, God accepts you as you are. Come as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And if you think that you can stay the same way that God found you, you are sadly mistaken because God demands repentance and God demands a change. God demands that you throw off your bags. Why? Because he's willing to take them from you. There's no excuse for you having them. Bags don't fly with God. See, there are bags you carried in your last season that you're not going to be able to carry in this next one. There are bags you carried when you were single. Bags you carried before you were married, before you had children. Bags you carried before you were Christian, before you went leadership. And you can't even be able to carry them anymore. There are things that, that you have dealt with in your past that, that you have tucked low. Bags that you have put under the plane. You think out of sight, out of mind, but you don't realize those bags still weigh the plane down. 
that those bags still have a negative effect on your life, on your marriage. They are bags that are still in your life. Just because you bury them down deep don't mean they're gone. There are things you're going to have to deal with with God. There are some bags you are going to have to let God take off your hands. There are some things we're going to have to lay aside. One of the things we're going to have to lay aside is childish things. The scripture says, when I was a child, I acted like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But it says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. They are things that you were involved in when you were a child. That God says, now I'm calling you to be a man. Now I'm calling you to be a woman. And I'm calling you to let some of those things go because I have something for you to do. We have to put off immaturity and irresponsibility. We have been given a responsibility, especially as men. Men have been given a responsibility by God to do what? To be men. The Bible charges us, act like men. 1 Kings 2, 2, David's dying, and he's talking to his son Solomon, and this is what he told him. He says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong. Act like a man. God is calling men to be men. To put off childish and immature ways. To put down the games and pick up your Bible. God is calling men to take responsibility. See, the problem is, is that men don't know what it is to be a man anymore. Men think that I carry a gun, I work out, and I can fight. That makes me a man. That don't make you a man. What makes you a man is that you're a leader that other people are willing to follow. What makes you a man is that you're an example in every area of your life, not just in church, but in ministry, in business, in your home. Every area of your life, you are an example, and you are somebody that men are willing to follow. That's what makes you a man. What makes you a man is that every area of your life, you represent Christ. That's what makes you a man. God is calling you to put off the childish ways. That's one bag we got to let down. Now, I want to tell you this. Just because you experience takeoff doesn't mean it'll be a successful flight. See, Aaliyah's plane, it got takeoff. That's how it crashed. It was in the air, but no sooner did it come down. And so many people, we think, just because we have takeoff, that I could, I could relax now, everything's good, I don't have to deal with nothing. That's not true. Just because you experience takeoff doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Just because you're a Christian today doesn't mean you'll be one tomorrow. Just because you're married today don't mean you'll be married next year. Just because you're in ministry today doesn't mean you'll be in ministry next Sunday. There are some bags that you have on your flight that you are going to have to deal with. There are some bags that you are going to have to throw off. Y'all with me? Now, before we get into all the bags, I want to draw your attention to something else about Aaliyah's plane. See, she was over the weight. She had too many bags. But the Bible, the, 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 the investigation says that she had one too many passengers. That she had just one too many people on her plane. Isn't it amazing that just one person can take your plane down? One person can take your Christianity down. One person can take your marriage down. One person. 
I've seen it too many times. I've seen people come in. I've seen them on fire for God. I've seen them in ministry. I've seen them doing life groups. I've seen them doing Bible study. I've seen them preaching. I've seen them doing all this stuff. And I watch as one person comes in. And before you know it, they're gone. You got to be careful who you let on your plane. You need to be sensitive and aware of who you allow on your plane. It's amazing when the Lord sent out the disciples, he gave them the instructions, no bag for the journey. But there's another thing he told them. He said, do not greet anyone along the way. Why? Why? Was he telling them to be rude to people along the way? Was he telling them, be, don't be friendly? No, he was telling them that along this journey, there's going to be some people who are going to serve as nothing more than distractions and hindrances to your life and your walk. And I'm telling you now, keep on walking. Do not let anybody stop you, but keep on walking because I have a mission for you. Be careful who you let on your journey because it can cost you everything. It can cost you your ministry. It can cost you your life. It can cost you everything. Think about Jonah. Jonah's running from the Lord. Jonah gets on this man's boat, right, this captain's boat. This captain, see, we often don't think about the captain in the story. We often just think about Jonah, but think about this man. Here he is, he's doing nothing wrong, he's living life, he's got his boat, maybe he's had it his whole life, maybe it was passed down to him, who knows. But Jonah comes on a boat. See, he didn't inspect, he didn't look at who he was letting on his boat. Jonah comes on a boat, Jonah goes down, he goes to sleep. And before you know it, the Bible says that a great storm arose, came out of nowhere. Almost tore the boat apart. The captain's freaking out. He's throwing over all the cargo. He's thinking he's got to lighten his load. See, sometimes it's not the bags in your life, it's the people in your life. So they start casting lots. Like, who is it? What is bringing this curse upon our life? And they realized it was Jonah. This man realized that he was losing his boat. He was losing his family. He was losing his ministry. He was losing his marriage. Why? Because he let somebody on his boat that wasn't supposed to be there. You need to be careful who you let on your boat. People can take you down and people can weigh you down. See, there are people who might not even be in your life anymore, but they're still weighing you down. And you say, how? Because you're holding on to them. Because you refuse to let them go by holding on to unforgiveness. When you hold on to unforgiveness, you are holding on to that person, and that, that thing will weigh you down. See, it doesn't matter how much that person's hurt you. It doesn't even matter what that person did to you. You need to forgive them. You need to release that person, that bag, to God. Let God deal with it. Let him take it off your hands. You need to release it. Because unforgiveness don't fly with God. That's a bag that don't fly with God. See, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You need to forgive people the same way that Christ forgave you. You realize how much you've hurt God? You say, you don't know how much I've been hurt. You don't know how much I've been wounded. Nobody's been hurt and wounded and betrayed and, 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 and left more than God. How many times in my life did I turn on God? Did I curse God? Did I mock God? And yet he was willing to forgive me. 
Who am I to hold unforgiveness towards somebody else when I realize how much God has forgiven me? The Bible says if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Unforgiveness is a bag that don't fly with God. Now let's look at some other bags. This morning I'd like to take y'all to the, the baggage claim. You know when you're in the airport and you're waiting for your bag to come around? Your bag's going to come around. I'm going to start throwing some bags out there to you. Yours might, might not be that exact one, but just hold on. Just be patient because I'm telling you your bag's coming. Your bag's coming. And I'm going to tell you right now, when your bag comes, don't act like it ain't yours. I don't care if it's ugly, it's beat up, it's got a pink ribbon on it. <laughs> don't act like it ain't yours. If it's your bag, claim it. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't bring it home with you. Bring it right there. That's where you bring your bags, at the foot of the cross, because that's where your bags were paid for. Now, I don't know why I'm getting super cotton mouth this morning. Woo! <laughs> Let's get to this first bag. The first bag is what's known as a carry-on. This bag is the bag that you keep with you. You don't think it's too heavy, so you just keep it with you at all times. And when you get on a plane, where does the, the stewardess, where do they tell you to put this bag at? They tell you to put it in the, in the overhead compartment. See, this carry-on bag, this bag that you carry with you, this represents your guilt. It represents your shame. It represents your mistakes, your failures, and your past sin. And the place where the enemy tells you to put that bag is right there over your head. He wants that bag right there over your head. So every time you go to do something for God, you're reminded about all the mistakes and all the failures and all the sins you have, and he does it to try to keep you from going and doing what God's called you to do. This is your carry-on bag. This is the bag that you have been carrying around with you for too long. You need to learn to carry on without it. How do we get past this bag, this guilt, this shame? If anybody had a past filled with shame and regret, it's the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, before coming to Christ, actually persecuted the church. He approved of Christians being killed. If anybody had a past that could haunt him, if anybody had a past that would keep him from going forward, it's Paul. But Paul learned how to lay that bag down. He learned the secret, and this is it, Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. In order for you to get on with your future, you've got to learn what it is to get past your past. You've got to learn what it is to lay those bags down. Get past those bags. You need to learn to let go of your past. The Bible says that God removes your sin as far as the east is from the west, and it says he remembers your sins no more. So if God forgets your sins, who are you to remember them? If God forgets your failures and your mistakes, why are you holding on to them? See, it's the enemy who's constantly reminding you. The Bible says the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, accusing you day and night. That bag that's on your shoulders, that's from the enemy. You need to learn to let that bag down and get on with your future. Y'all with me? Let's keep moving. Our next bag we're going to deal with is a bag full of doubt. 
I'm going to tell you this right off the bat. I don't have to wait to the end to give you the punchline. Doubt don't fly with God. <laughs> Doubt does not fly with God. In this journey that you're on, the Holy Spirit is the pilot. And that plane is fueled by faith. The only way you're going to experience takeoff with God, the only way you're going to experience anything with God is by having faith. And the more faith you have, the higher you go, the further you go, and the more things you will experience. But doubt, doubt ain't going to work with God. Why? Because you have no reason to doubt. God has given you everything you need to believe. He has given you a measure of faith, and he has given you all of creation to look at every time you start to think about doubt. And all of creation, even your body, your anatomy, everything you have points that there is a God. You have no reason. There's no excuse for doubt. See, the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. And the Bible says that if a man doubts, that man ought not believe he's going to receive anything from God. Doubt doesn't work with God. But to help me explain this, I want to play a, a clip for y'all about doubt. Come on, Nicholas. We got it.
How's that? Come on, church. Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. When it comes to doubt, that bag don't fly. <laughs> the next bag is pride and arrogance. Anybody have that bag? That's the one bag most people are not going to claim, but most people deal with. Pride and arrogance. See, if doubt will keep your plane from t experience to take off, pride is the one thing that will bring your plane down faster than anything. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. Pride is the one bag that God hates. The Bible says that God hates pride. And why? Because we have nothing to be prideful and arrogant about. Think about this. Do canvases and paintbrushes receive awards? Does a scalpel that's used for a heart transplant, after it's successful, does a scalpel get prideful and say, look at what I've done? No. All these things are nothing more than tools in the hands of a skillful worker. And that's all we are. We are tools in the hands of a skillful God. And everything that we have and everything we do is because of the one who is at work in our lives. To God be the glory in the church. God gets the glory for your life and everything that you do. And why does God want the glory? Does God have a, an ego problem? No. But we do. And that's why we can't receive the glory. Because it will destroy us. The praise and the applause and the glory will bring you down just like it brought Satan down. You will come down like lightning. And God knows that. And that's why every time you do something in your life and somebody tries to give you the applause, your job is to point them to the one who's at work in your life. And you say, to God be the glory. Because if you eat that, it will kill you. It's like a young boy who wins a school competition, right? And the prize is a whole cake. Now this young boy, if it's up to him, he's eating a whole cake. He ain't sharing it. I want it. I deserve it. He's eating the entire thing, right? But a good parent says, look, let me take that. I'm going to give you a slice. I'm going to give you a piece. Because a good parent knows that today's binge can become tomorrow's stomachache. The child will literally get sick on his success. And that's what God does to you. God takes the cake because he knows you can't handle it. Because he knows that that cake, the glory, the, the applause, it will destroy you. So God gets the glory for everything in your life. See, if we take the credit and the glory of our lives, we can become so prideful and so arrogant that before you know it, you start believing your own hype. And you start believing you're something when you're nothing. And before you know it, you forget that you were made from dirt. And that we're nothing more than sinners saved by grace. You forget that the only thing that's different about us and everybody else is that we have a shepherd, and they don't. 
That's what Jesus said when he looked at the crowd. He said, I see them as sheep without shepherds. See, the only thing that's good in our life is the shepherd that's leading us. David recognized in Psalm 23, he said, you lead me. You guide me. You restore my soul. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. See, you, you, you. David realized that everything that was good in his life was because of what God was doing. David realized that God gets the glory. And he even said, he said, it's for his namesake. See, everything that God's doing for your life is for his namesake so that he can get the glory for it. You rob God when you take the glory because you had nothing to do with it. Everything you have is from God. Your life, your breath, your family, your, your, your blessings, everything you have is from God. Your gifts, your talents, your ability to talk, everything you have is from God. There's only one name that needs to be on the marquee of your life. There's only one name that needs to be in lights in your life, and it's the name of Jesus. He is the one who gets the glory. You want to kill your pride? Spend some time at the foot of the cross. Paul said, he said, if I'm going I'm to boast about anything in my life, he said, I'm going to boast about the cross. He said, if there's one thing I'm bragging on in this life of mine, he said, I'm bragging on the cross. You see, because it was at that cross that the maker of heaven and earth was willing to die for me because he wasn't willing to live without me. You want to brag about something? Brag about that. That the God of the universe loves you too much to leave you. You want to brag? Brag on what he did for you. So when it comes to pride, that bag don't fly. The next bag is envy and jealousy. See, we tend to get envious and jealous when we start to focus on what we don't have. When you start to look at what you don't have, you start getting envious and you start getting jealous of everybody else. You start looking at your lack. So if looking at what you don't have causes envy and jealousy, what if you started looking at what you did have? Would that cause contentment? What if you started looking at your blessings rather than your, your lack? David said in Psalm 23, he said, my cup runs over. David didn't look around the table at everybody else and say, why does he have more than me? David's focus was on his cup. He said, my cup runs over. I ain't worried about nothing else. All I'm looking at is this cup, and it's overflowing. Every time God does something for you, it's an overflowing. God never gives you a trickle. God never gives you just enough. He always gives you things in abundance. Everything you have from God is in abundance. He gives you an abundance of grace. He gives you an abundance of mercy. He gives you the best robe. He gives you the abundance of hope. He gives you joy unspeakable, peace that surpasses understanding. Everything you have from God is overflowing. Stop looking at what you don't have. Start looking at what you do have. And that cup, that cup was a symbol. You see, when you were a guest in somebody's house and your cup was running over, that was a sign that the person, the host, wanted you to stay. You see, when somebody comes over in this time, in David's time, if they let your cup run dry, it was a sign that it's time to go. But if they loved you, if they loved your company, if they wanted you to stay, they would keep your cup overflowing. That was a sign that I love your presence. Stop looking at what you don't have and realize that the God of the universe loves you. 
The God of the universe wants you to stay. He has invited you to a seat at his table. Stop looking at what you don't have and start realizing what you do have. You have an invitation to the king's table. Envy and jealousy don't fly with God. The next bag is a bag full of wounds and hurts. A bag full of wounds and hurts. Psalm 23, David said, you anoint my head with oil. David gives us a picture of a shepherd and a sheep relationship. And he said, when it, with the shepherd, he said, you anoint my head with oil. See, there was three reasons why a shepherd would anoint the sheep with oil. One, to keep the bugs away. Two, is because when the sheep would start butting heads, it would keep them from actually causing damage. And I'm telling you, as a pastor, as a shepherd, sheep butt heads. <laughs> but the third reason is, is when a, a sheep would get wounded. When a sheep would have a, an open wound, the shepherd would pour oil for healing. The shepherd would inspect the sheep. And if he would see a cut or an abrasion, he would want to pour oil on it because he knows that today's wound becomes tomorrow's infection. And his job was to inspect the sheep and to anoint the sheep with oil. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. He made us and we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep he tends. See, the Lord is a good shepherd, and if you will let him, he will heal you. If you let him, he will heal you. So how do we do it? How do we give that bag of wounds, of hurts, all the stuff we've been carrying, all the different people that have hurt us in our lives, and these things that are affecting us and infecting us, how do we give that bag to God? How do we let him anoint our head with oil? How do we let healing begin? It's three simple steps. The first thing is you got to go to him. See, David didn't trust his wounds with anybody else but the shepherd. He said, you anoint my head with oil. Not your prophets, not your pastors, not my friends, not my neighbors. He said, God anoints my head with oil. God is the only one who can heal your hurts. For the Bible says he heals the brokenhearted. God is the healer of your pain. While we're always sharing our hurts and our failures and our wounds with everybody else when the only one who can heal it is God. You want to get healed, you need to start going to the right source. Bring your hurts to God. The second step in healing, the second step for the, for the sheep, was his posture. See, he had to approach the shepherd, and he had to bow his head. You want to get healing, you need to go to God, you need to humble yourself. It's all about your posture, because God refuses the proud. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. You need healing, you need to go to God, you need to humble yourself, and let him do a work in your life. The third thing is, is you have to trust him. You see, the sheep doesn't understand what the oil is doing. He doesn't. He doesn't understand that oil is repelling flies or, or that oil is keeping him from getting hurt. He doesn't understand that that oil is for healing. All he knows is every time he's in the shepherd's presence, something happens. 
And all you need to know is the same thing. Every time you come to God and you humble yourself and you present your hurts to him, something happens. Something happens in the presence of a good shepherd. And that is exactly what he is to us. He is a good shepherd. So if you're carrying hurts and wounds and you want to lay them down, it's simple. Go, bow, and trust because hurts and wounds don't fly with God. The next bag is a bag full of excuses. Dontrell hates that bag. <laughs> he hates it. He'll tell you right now, excuses are bridges that lead to nowhere. You want to know why your life is going nowhere? Because you're full of excuses. Every time God calls you to do something, every time God calls you to step out the boat, there's an excuse. Excuses are leading you to nowhere. You know anybody like that that's just full of excuses? And don't, don't look to the person next to you. <laughs> These people, they have a million and one reasons why they can't serve Jesus. They got a million and one reasons why they can't let go of their addiction. They got a million and one reasons why they can't be free. They got a million reasons why they can't serve Jesus. Full of excuses. Oh, Jesus, I, you know, I would serve you, but, but I work on Sundays, and, and I got something to do on Bible studies, and I, I would come to you, but, but I just got some stuff I got to take care of first. And, and God, I, I would step out for you, but I just don't know enough scripture. And, and Stop. Lay your bag of excuses down. You have no excuse. God has equipped you with everything you need. You have a testimony, you got, you got a reason. But it's nothing new. The Lord dealt with, with excuses, Luke 9, 59 through 61. He said to another man, he said, follow me. But, the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. See, I, I would, Lord, but I, but I got something to do first. See, I, I would follow you. I would surrender to you. I would commit my life to you. But, but, but it's always buts with people. Bag full of excuses. And that's why your Christianity, that's why you go nowhere. You've got a bag full of excuses. This man that's talking to Jesus, his dad wasn't dead. <laughs> what he was telling Jesus was, listen, my dad's getting old. I'm going to wait for him to die first before I follow you because I want to receive some inheritance. And once he dies and I bury him and I get my money, then I'll be ready. You see, Lord, I, I would follow you, but first I got to get some things in order. Always excuses. Excuses don't fly with God. Because God's not asking you to give him something you don't have. He simply wants what you do have. God is never going to require something of you that you can't give him. So if God is asking you to do something, it's because you can't do it. You can lay down your life. You can surrender. You can share your faith. You can do what he's asking you to do. I want to tell you all about a man who doesn't make excuses when it comes to serving God and doing kingdom work. And that's my friend Kyle. He hates when I talk about him and put him on the spot. But let me tell you what this man, and, he, and it, it really spoke to me, and it, and it I know it pleased God. Kyle comes to me and he says, listen, he says, I want to start discipling my family, my wife and my daughter. I said, that's great. I said, listen, we have discipleship books. I said, I can get you a purple book. You can take them through it. Great. Well, 
Before you know it, Colin and Pam invite Pam's mother and grandmother. So now they got a little group. Before you know it, they start inviting other Spanish people. Before you know it, it becomes a Spanish group. The problem with that is, is Kyle Bailey speaks Spanish. <laughs> but Kyle doesn't make excuses. Kyle says, I see a need, I'll meet the need. So my boy is up at night translating scriptures into Spanish that he doesn't even know what it's saying. He has to ask his wife, is this right? We're at the gym. And he sees a Spanish guy in the gym. <laughs> he's got the eye on for the guy. You can just see he's staring him down. He says, I'm going to get that guy to come to the Bible study. I said, okay, go, go for it, dude. <laughs> this man barely spoke any English. He's in the middle of the gym inviting this guy to a Bible study, a Spanish-speaking Bible study, and he is white as white gets, and he doesn't speak English. And the guy does not understand what he's saying. So the guy gets another guy, the Spanish guy, who barely speaks English as well, and they're going back and forth, okay, trying to understand what Kyle's saying. Kyle is inviting him to church. They think he's inviting him to eat church's fried chicken. <laughs> Talk about a man who has every excuse not to do this. But he didn't pick up one of them. No excuses. No excuses. The man took the initiative. He stepped out. He didn't come to me and say, I want to be a life group leader. Give me five guys. Give me ten guys. He said, I want to do something for God, and I'm going to go get ten of my own. Stop making excuses because they don't fly with God. You have no reason to make excuses. There's no reason why you're not doing something for God. There's no reason why you're not sharing your faith. There is no reason. Stop making excuses because excuses don't fly with God. Just a quick note. So they had their, their meeting last night. Had a good turnout and had two people make a salvation call. You want to see God move in your life? Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for not signing up for the Freedom Encounter. Stop making excuses for why you're living in sin. Stop making excuses for not getting baptized. Stop making excuses. And the last bag I want to talk about is a bag full of sin. You know, we talk about bags not flying, but this bag full of sin is is the most costly bag you'll ever have. A bag full of sin will cost you more than you ever could imagine. The Bible says that the wages of sin, you want to know how much it's going to cost you to carry that bag, to keep that bag on your flight? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And not just physical death, because we all physically die, but that death means separation from true life, which is God himself. The wages of sin is a life in hell. You see, you might be on a great flight right now. 
You might be flying high. You got the plane loaded down. You got bags of sin, and you are loving it, and the atmosphere is great, and the view is wonderful, but I'm here to tell you every plane has to land eventually. No plane could stay in the air forever, and every life comes to an end. And if you land with that bag full of sin, you are not going to like your destination. You are not going to like where you land. And there's no reason for it because Jesus paid everything to take that bag off your hands. He paid it all so you can have a different destination, so you could have a different flight. There's no reason to be carrying a bag full of sin. You don't have to carry those bags and pay the cost. Isaiah 53 says he carried those bags. Isaiah 53, verse 5 through 6 says, He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That bag full of sin was placed on the shoulders of Jesus Christ and he paid for that bag so you don't have to. The Lord is willing to take those bags from you this morning. And what I mean by that is if you're carrying around sin, you don't get a free ride. You bring those sins and you leave them at Jesus. It's called repentance. You give those sins to him and you turn around and you walk your life without him. If that's you, I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. If that's you this morning, if you say, you know what, Pastor? I've been living a life of sin. I've been carrying around these bags for too long and they're weighing me down and I want to get rid of them this morning. I want to accept the invitation from Jesus to, to lay my bags, my sin, my guilt, my shame. I want to lay it all down and I want to receive salvation. I want to lay down my past and my sins and I want to pick up hope. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt when this plane lands, I'm gonna, it's going to land in glory. I want to know without a shadow of a doubt when this plane comes to an end, when this life comes to a head that I have eternity to look forward to. If that's you this morning, if you want to receive the invitation to be saved, if you want to receive the invitation to get free from the cost of sin, then slip up your hand this morning. I want to pray with you.